Hello, everybody. Kevin Draco here with his dream house, along with Chef Mark and hey. Kevin Kistner. Brought to you in part by Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom, Colorado's largest appliance and mattress retailer. This dream house, if you don't already know, is a program that's all about the home. We're going to discuss renovations, remodels, and converting your property into your dream house. We're also going to navigate common homeowner pitfalls and even give you advice on buying and selling homes. If you have any questions, comments, contact us by email at thisdreamhouse at gmail.com. Or you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at This Dream House. We'd love to hear from you. Chef, let me yes, ask you somebody. Do you like whiskey? I'm pretty thirsty right now. I will admit. <laughs> Even more importantly, um, do you like Colorado whiskey? I love Colorado whiskey. You know, something about that that crisp mountain water. <laughs> oh, that, got, that gets me excited every time. And by the way, you're making that up. I know that. Uh. What are you talking about? I don't know. I just think you're making that up. Uh, you don't. It's like you don't know me at all. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I'm very excited to uh, announce our first guest today, Jason Levinson. And Jason, I'm reading your title off of the card because it's like this like long thing, right? It's, it's not long like title, chef. Yeah. It's not it, right. It's more dynamic. It's not like COO. I mean, he's, he he he's he is he's, so he things. really comes under the WCED. <laughs> which is Whiskey Category Educator of Denver uh, for Stranahan's uh, Whiskey. Welcome, buddy. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Yeah, I'm excited great. to have you, man. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. You know, I, I kind of met you out and about possibly drinking whiskey. Yeah. And I thought, oh, my God, Stranahan's, right? What's more uh, Colorado than Stranahan's Whiskey, really? Um, and uh, we... I, can't wait to hear more about it. Yeah, not much is more Colorado than Stranahan's. It and, really is. And Stranahan's is really the first, and this is a great word, and I love this word in the in, in the bios, uh, legal whiskey distillery in yes. Colorado. Yes. That kind of strikes me uh, funny in the sense that it took to what, 2000? 2004. 2004. 2004 to, to be have, the first licensed whiskey distillery in Colorado. Isn't not, that nuts? Why, Isn't is that there crazy? a reason for that? I don't, you know, it's one of those things where states have all these rules and regulations and all these things, and then one distillery will go kind of push through all that, Okay, and then distilleries will start showing up. Right? Yeah, because now, I mean, There's and I'm not saying big distilleries, and there are several, right? But micro distilling is huge in Colorado right now, it's right? Huge, it's yeah. kind of catching up to, is it fair to say it's catching up to uh, 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 brewing and beer? It's on the path, right? It, yeah. It's, I would say that we're about 20 years or so, 15, 20 years behind the brewing scene as far as micro brewing and micro distilling uh, entail, right? So. It's it's still down the road. Got it's, it. We're we're headed in that traje- in that trajectory trajectory, but it's it's getting there. Awesome. It's getting there. So let let's hear the story. Tell us about Stranahan's. How did yeah. it all start? What it you know? So Stranahan's actually started with a guy named Jess Graber. Uh, Jess Graber was this mountain man out in Woody Creek, Colorado, out there by Aspen. I don't have you ever been to Woody Creek? No, I've no, been to Aspen. It's, it's I could have been small, to Wood Creek and not known I was there. You might have driven right through it. It's right. a small town right outside of Aspen. And, you know, he moved there in the 70s. He wanted to be a mountain man. And he met this guy named Larry the Missouri River Rats back in the 70s that gave Jess his first still and taught him how to distill, right? So okay. he started distilling and started making what was bourbon, right? He was getting some corn mash, getting that going. He was making bourbon. He was making moonshine in the woods. I was going to say, at this point, it's not it's, legal. No, this was moonshine. This was moonshine <laughs> on his ranch. And he, but he was also a volunteer firefighter. And he was 
just making moonshine, fighting fires on his spare time. And one night he actually got called out to a barn fire at a neighboring ranch called Flying Dog Ranch. Okay. He got there. He looked up on the hill. He saw this barn burning down to the ground. On fu- It was flames everywhere, right? But this guy was frantically running in and out of this building, pulling barrels out of the fire. And he's watching this. He's a moonshiner. Barrels. 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 He's watching this. He knows. He's like, okay, obviously this barn, not important at all. Whatever's in those barrels must matter. So I'm going to help him save the barrels. So he runs in, helps him save the majority of those barrels. The barn burns to the ground. But as a thank you for helping him out and helping him save those barrels, the owner of the barn, who was George Stranahan, gave Jess a barrel. That barrel was full of beer. And, you know, being a moonshiner, what a thank you, by the way. 53 gallons of beer is a thank you. Is, <laughs> not, not bad. Yeah, <laughs> not bad. Yeah. So he goes home, turns that beer into moonshine, because if you don't know to make whiskey... You start with beer, right? So Didn't he goes home. That. Yeah, that's actually just, all right. That's and I love start. whiskey. And I've, been, there, yeah. I've seen you talk before, and <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard of this, buddy. Why is this yeah, news I know, to me? I know. I, it's the very basic of it, right? To make whiskey, basically, you're making a beer-like substance. It's non-hot, non-carbonated. Got it. Anyway, he goes. He takes that beer. He turns it into moonshine. He goes back to George Stranahan, and he says, "George, this moonshine just made your beer phenomenal." We should really start a whiskey coming together. A couple things about George, though, right? George was an entrepreneur, busy guy. He had a lot of things already going on. He actually started Flying Dog Brewery. Ah, I don't know if you guys are familiar with I Flying Dog Brewery. Yeah. He started Flying Dog way back in the day, and it used to be a local brewery over by Coors Field uh, on Blake Street. And that was actually the beer that he ended up stealing was Old Flying Dog. Okay. So he owned a couple of things. He was super busy. His response to, Hey, let's start a distillery was no, thanks. I'm good. I got enough things already going on. So time passes. And he also owned this other, uh, George Shanahan owned this bar called the Woody Creek Tavern. It's like the only bar in Woody Creek. It's this very small place. Super cool. Still there today. Still there today. Great burger too. If you okay. ever get up there. All right. Um, but he owned that place. And so they all were hanging out, drinking up there. Uh, they used to hang out with a guy uh, by the name of Hunter S. Thompson as well. They hung out with a bunch uh, of Apparently he's an author. Yeah, some, some guy. Uh, and so they all hung up th- out there. And one night they were drinking that moonshine a little heavier than the other nights. And he tried again. He says, George, come on. We got to do this. But what if we took your last name, slap it on the bottle, call it Stranahan's? Sounds good. Let's do that. That's a good idea. I like that. Right. Strong I'm going name. for that. Strong That's name, not too right? busy. I like that. So they started going to business together. That was finally in 2004. Wow. And, and when was the first meeting? Oh, probably in the early 70s. Jeez, Louise. Late 80s, somewhere in that range. Like, Talk about persistence. Yeah. It, this took time, right? Sure. And so they finally got licensing and started running through all that. And our first bottle came out in 2006. And, you know, and, and read in the bio, uh, again, I thought it was very, very cool, right? There was this fire, <laughs> right? This chance meeting through a fire. And I know uh, there's a big quote on the, um, on the bio. It says, from a, each bad thing comes something good. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, like, it really is. It's very brilliant, actually. It I really love is. that. Yeah. And um, it really it, it made one of the first Ameri- what now we know as American single malt whiskey in in the market here and you know back then we weren't calling it american single malt whiskey because that wasn't necessarily a category yet right which is still not officially a category with the tgb as a category of whiskey okay but you know he was just taking this flying dog which was 100 percent malted barley and that's what he was distilling as his mash 
aging I, it in new American white oak barrels, kind of in the style of bourbon, but you know, not using any corn. Right. And so he got this really different American whiskey that he just kept running with. Sure. And and it's incredibly popular. Um and so I wanna so you don't have to be a mathematician to figure out 2004, they start, they barrel their first batch, and it's ready to go in 2006. So yep. the first batch two years is old. two years old, Yep. right? Yeah. And what's the oldest batch that you would find right now in a strand of hands? Because it's one thing I don't think people realize is, and especially when you're opening a business, like this is a kind of a minimum, right? Two years that you're not going to serve your first whiskey for, and I shared with you before the show. There was I was in Ireland, and you know, I went to uh, the Dingle Distillery, and they talked about, yeah, we had a we had to wait uh, for this batch. However, you could produce gin a whole lot faster, and gin was what kept us above board, so yeah. to speak, to be able to survive. So to have this sort of two year plan. Um, that takes a lot to not it's do a lot anything of, it's a else. a lot of planning, and a lot of distilleries will go out and make gin, or they'll source whiskey from someone else to re- have a product that was released, right? But Stranahan's never did that. Right. Stranahan started in 2004. They just started gung-ho with their product and, and how started running it. And how many different whiskeys does Stranahan's have currently? Oh, boy. Uh, our core expression is about four whiskeys, not including Mountain Angel, which is our oldest 10-year constant release. Uh, the oldest whiskey we've ever released, though, is about 11 years old. That was Ossifer. That was a uh, basically tribute to George Stranahan, who passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, and it was a collab we did with Flying Dog, which was really cool. But that was 11 years, and that was the oldest thing that we've released to date. So I'm going to ask you a question I'm sure you get asked a lot of times. What's the difference between bourbon and whiskey? Yeah. Because so you don't make bourbon. We do not make bourbon. We get asked. We get told we... Love your bourbon all the time. Right. And we don't we don't make bourbon. We make an American single malt, right? So an American single malt whiskey, it's pretty straightforward. Has to be made here in America from one single distillery made of a mash of 100% malted barley, right? Malted barley. So That's the key. 100% malted barley. We have no other grain, no other corn, rye, wheat. Nothing else is in our liquid except for 100% malted barley, right? Okay. Then we're going to sit in barrels. Specifically, new American white oak barrels. White oak barrels. Got to be white oak barrels. Got to be new white oak barrel for a minimum of two years. We also do a level three char on those barrels, which is a pretty pretty standard char level for whiskey, right? Now, so when they char that, what does that mean? Char is just burning the inside of that wood before they form the barrel. Okay. To that basically opens up the pores in the wood to allow the whiskey to, to come in and actually. Soak out some flavor. Also, acts um, a uh, purifier, right? Okay. Helps purify that whiskey as it soaks in and out of that wood. But that's kind of the requirements that we've followed as an American single malt whiskey. To be bourbon, the big requirement. Well, you make. By the way, a little misnomer. You can make bourbon anywhere in America. It does not have not to, to be come from bourbon, bourbon, bourbon uh, Kentucky, count, Kentucky County. Yeah, um, you can make it anywhere in America. The big thing is. It has to be 51% corn minimum. Mm. So we have no corn, right? Sure. So, so the right big difference the gate, is corn. Right off the gate, we can't be bourbon, right? Because there's no corn. What we do share with bourbon, though, bourbon, if it says straight bourbon, it has to be a new American wide oak barrels, just like us, for a minimum of two years to be straight bourbon. So that's what we share 
with bourbon. What we don't share is the grain. Got it. So right. it's the grain is really. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of other nuances. But there are the a lot of, of other nuances and things, but those are kind of the big, the big ones right there. And then, can you just speak, uh, just briefly, to clarify what is rye? So rye, it, it's super easy too. It says 51 percent rye minimum, right? Okay, rye grain. Rye grain minimum. Yeah. Got it. But most of these places are doing you know much higher than that. Some places are doing 100 percent rye, rye. But all kinds I really of stuff. just don't care for rye. I love rye. Do you? I'm a huge fan of rye. Rye. See? I love rye grain. I Do I love you? I love See, high rye bourbons. Right. I I love Ugh. my rye. But well, I also, we can't hang. We can't be friends anymore. Uh, no, Jason. I'll leave. Uh, <laughs> uh, you got a two verse one over here, so uh, you're getting ganged up on uh, Kevin. What are you going to do about that? Um, nothing, because I'm right and you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> I'll turn your mic off. How's that? Oh, that's fair. Okay, I'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you know. I wanted to, I was wondering uh, does does the water here mountain water right does that affect the distilling or taste does it does it lend sort of some uniqueness to a um as an example a, a Colorado whiskey Absolutely yeah uh, water is super important I mean when you look at whiskey your mash is starting with water Every single piece of the process is touched by water, right? So if you're putting in bad water, you're going to have a bad product out the other side, right? So right. having a clean, good water is really important. And Colorado's, you know, known for having some really, really, like you said at the beginning of the show, crisp. Crisp mountain water. Mountain water, right? And we use specifically Eldorado spring water mm. uh, to cut from barrel to bottle. Uh, it's great local water. Really high out there with uh, taste profiles and all that. So it's really a good water to cut our whiskey down with. Well, listen, we are up against a break. You're listening to Jason Levinson from Stranahan's Whiskey Category Educator. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about what a great job you have and more about Stranahan's. After a word from our sponsor, Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom, Colorado's largest appliance and retailer. We'll be right back. Need new appliances? Don't buy until you shop Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom's 50% off Memorial Day sale. We are the nation's largest independent discount appliance and mattress retailer. We provide real legitimate savings up to 50% off new appliances from all the best brands. Thousands of appliances in stock. LG to GE, KitchenAid to Bosch. Guaranteed we be Lowe's and Depot's Memorial Day sale prices with a Google rating of 4.7 you know you'll be taken care of. Don't buy appliances until you shop Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom's 50% off Memorial Day sale going on now. Alright everybody welcome back to this dream house. We are here with Colorado's finest Stranahan Whiskey and Jason Levinson, Whiskey Category Educator. I can't say that enough. I love you. Because, I mean, I learned something just <laughs> talking to him today that he didn't share with me he's, he's got uh, the when best I first met him. title in the room. He really does. He has the second best beard, but he has the first best title. Yeah. How does one become a, like, do you not have the greatest job ever? My like, job rocks, yeah. My like your friend, cool. Do your friends look up to you like you're an icon, dude? Uh, like, my oh, friends dude. look at me and they're like, do you do anything? Do you, like, do, you, do you actually have a job? Is this real? I'm like, yeah, it's, it's a real thing. And yes, I work I work quite hard at it. Yeah. And, and, and how long have you been doing it? So I actually got promoted to this role about six months ago. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. New. Yeah, and how long have new. you been uh, with Stranahan's? Actually, I've only been with Shanahan's for a little over a year and a half. So a year and a half, and look at you. Yeah. You're a rock star. They trust <laughs> I, you for some they reason. They trust me for some reason, yeah, and I, I love that liquid. That it's, I hope it shows. Yeah, it's my, my favorite juice. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I get that. So 
let's talk a little bit about give me can you give me the reader's digest version of kind of the process of distilling whiskey yeah so very quickly you basically take your grain you're gonna add you're gonna grind that up you're gonna add hot water to that and run it through what's called a mash tun from the mash tun you're then how hot does that water get? Pretty hot, right? Uh, it depends on the grain you're using, but okay. it's uh, it's going to be under boiling. You're usually not going to go above okay. 200, right? So it's going to be around the like 150 to 180 ish, okay. somewhere in that range. Uh, from there, though, after two hours of being in there, you can get really dirty in what the mash process is for and why you have it there. But then you're going to go into the fermenters. Once you're in the fermenters, you add yeast. Yeast eats the sugars you created in the mash done and turns that into alcohol. Right. So now for Stranahan's, we have uh, roughly a 7% beer, right? The beer is also called a wash at this point in a distillery. We have a 7% wash. That's basically beer without being carbonated. That's lightly, I mean, it's got light carbonation in there, but, um, and it doesn't have any hops. Right, so from there we're gonna take that wash that's gonna go into the stills. Would the hops be adding another grain technically or no? No, the hops don't distill over super super well. Um, You know, nowadays hops are fairly bitter, right? Okay, that doesn't cross over in distillation super well. Sure, got it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So from there we go into the into the stills. So we have three what's called stripping stills. So they all work independently from each other. They're all roughly 800 gallons a piece. They're 100% 100% copper. We add them in there. We're going to boil it between the boiling point of alcohol and the boiling point of water. Uh, basically, the boiling point of alcohol is lower than water. So as the alcohol boils before the water, it's going to separate out, turn into vapor, rise up through the still. It's going to go through a column. So we have hybrid stills that are a combination of pot stills and column stills. They're called pot column stills. <laughs> Funny enough. And so it's going to go through the column. Again, you can look up if you want to get really nerdy on what those do. Uh, they basically redistill and redistill and redistill, and it basically breaks that down into more pure alcohol, right? So that 7% beer is then going to go and turn into what's called the low wines once it gets through this first distillation. Which is not the good part. Not the good part. <laughs> no, it's it's still interesting, but, it's, yeah, it's not the good stuff. Uh, the low wines, we went from 7% alcohol in the beer to now f- uh, 40% alcohol. In the low ones. How much loss do you get on that? So we start with roughly 2,400 gallons of wash, and we get about 450, 460 gallons of low wines. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's quite a bit. Quite a bit. From there, we take the low wines. We have two smaller spirit stills. From there, the spirit stills are going to do the same exact thing. They look the same. They're just smaller, right? And it's going to get distilled, go through there, get condensed down. We're going to make our cuts, though. So you're going to remove your heads, which is the gnarly stuff that we can't, our bodies can't consume, right? Okay. They contain methanol. It's not great. Mm. Uh, so you, we actually remove the first about three to five gallons of liquid, and that gets rid of that. Methanol has a lower, lower boiling point, and because of that, it comes out of the still first. So you just remove that, right? You just get rid of that. From there, we're going to collect through the hearts. That's the good stuff. That's what you want, right? And then we're going to make a cut at the tails. The tails is the heavier alcohols at the very bottom. We get rid of that. And then what we're left with is your high wines. And that we get about 220 gallons of high wines at roughly, not roughly, sorry, 70% alcohol by volume. Yeah, at 70% alcohol by, alcohol by volume or 140 proof. From there, we add water to cut it down to 110 
and go in a barrel from there. How uh, how many barrels does Stranahan produce roughly a year? Uh, that's something we don't share. Oh, okay. Yeah, we don't share that number. I didn't know. It was, uh, look at that. I asked a forbidden question. Yeah. It was just, I was just curious. Yeah. Uh, we don't share the number. It it, it varies, right? Because it does depend on seasonality, what's going on outside. If we're having a hotter year, you know, the stills don't run as well in wild temperatures right and this year in particular has been kind of yeah, way up and down, all right? over the place right and because of that you know that can really slow down production that's why irish vary. whiskey does so well i'm assuming because it's very tough the, they can run those stills constantly yeah, right, yeah. Uh, it never shuts us, off. when it's super hot you know the cooling water that's cooling off that hot spirit come off there those hot vapors that gets bogged down when it's too too cold it also bogs it down so Colorado can be a struggle sometimes to actually operate, but, you know, the we elevation get it done. That plays a factor there as well. So elevation is interesting because it does a lower boiling point, right? So that's, right. that's one thing there. But the way I like to look at this is elevation is not necessarily a direct factor, but elevation affects our climate, and that's a direct factor. Yes. Yeah, right. Tell me a little bit about what, what can people expect on a tour? Yeah, so the tour there is roughly an hour. It goes usually just a smidge over. Uh, it's roughly an hour. You taste... Uh, typically four whiskeys on that. Uh, you get to go through the main core lineup, and sometimes you get to try something a little special, depending nice. on time of year and other things. Sure. Uh, so you go through it with the tour guide. You see the entire process. You hear the story. You taste some whiskey. You see the entire distillery. And you have an opportunity to purchase, I'm assuming. Of course. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you also, afterwards, can go hang out in our lounge. Our lounge is very comfortable, very fun to be around. And we have some great mixologists that make some killer cocktails. And so it's just a good place to be in yeah, the summer. And you can hang out. Like how, and food how, trucks um, and how busy, like how many people could you expect to be? I mean, like, do you guys do like music at all or anything like that? So, is that ever part of it? Yeah. So, I mean, our tour capacity is we do on the weekends. We're doing a tour every hour on the hour from noon to seven. Wow. And the capacity for those are 30 per 30 person per tour. So, right. it's, you know, we, we get so a lot of people, a bunch of people yeah. hanging out. Right? Oh, yeah. We have fun. And then in the summers, we do uh, live music on the patio. We do, we're do we doing comedy shows. We do a lot oh, of stuff. Cool we bring food trucks Shep, in. Do we not have to go to this? Yeah, yeah let's let's get over there. We have, we have to fun. at one of these it's events like, to go see, I don't know, music or comedy. Uh, uh, either one is good. I want to I want to hear some music, sit on the patio, and uh, have an old-fashioned. Yeah, me too. That's what I do. That's what I do. I, I, mean, I would be into the music as well. Um, Jay, what's the address for people that have never been to Stranahan's? And I am sure there are plenty of our listeners who have been there. I have no doubt about this, but uh, what's the address? Uh, 200 South Kalamath. 200 South Kalamath. And you can pretty much see it, I think, from 25, right? It's right, right? Off the highway, yeah. It's right yeah, off it's the right, highway. It's basically I-25 or Santa Fe and Alameda. It's like one block up. How far right, out so. should people consider making a reservation because i'm assuming you should reserve I have to you reserve, should I yeah you do you can book online you okay. go online you can actually see what times are available pick your time choose how many people you want you know if it's if it's overbooked it'll tell you so you can go on the website and book there and if you know if you're in the neighborhood and you forget the book you could always just walk in we do tours every single day, seven days a week. What the are they times, When's the first tour start? It all you? varies. Okay. It all varies. Uh, on the weekends, they're usually starting about noon, but during the week, they're a little bit more all over the board. Got it. So, yeah, I, I recommend sense. go on the website, find the time that works best for you. They also do guided tastings. If you don't want to just do the full tour, or maybe you already have done the tour, they have 
experimental tastings. They have our Mountain food? Angel tastings. Yes, no. no food, no sadly. Food. We'd yeah. sometimes bring in uh, food trucks. Yeah, yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, the food Chef, tr- we bring in some good food awesome. trucks. Yeah, that's I mean, fun. And and let's see what I mean, Chef. What else did you want? I mean, do you do you use whiskey in your cooking? I do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we did a whiskey tasting menu uh, fundraising event, and one of the fun things about I did was I took some Stranahan's a uh, whiskey and I steamed uh, that in with mussels, the shellfish. Right on. And it was really delicious. Um, and some cream and some butter and lots of leeks and bacon. Um, I just loved that. I, I thought it offered a really kind of um, a, a, a more earthy flavor uh, that you than you would get if you were just using maybe white wine. Right, white yeah. wine and garlic. Or yeah, some whatever. great notes coming out of there. You could also do the sherry cask for cooking, too. The sherry cask is a seven-year-old whiskey from us and some great sherry notes in there. Oh, boy. Some great that darker fruits. That might go fruits. good, Chef. You ready? Really, really good. Chef. How about some lobster mac and cheese with uh, that? Oh, yeah. That might be good. <laughs> am, I not, am I not nailing that or what? You're nailing it. Yeah, that'd be really I good. I got a question. What do you guys do with the barrels when you're done making whiskey? Yeah, so they go off to a barrel broker who will then you know, sell them off to other breweries, wineries, distilleries. Uh, we also trade a lot with other... Um, Alcohols, right? So we'll trade with beer, we'll trade with wine, we'll give them barrels to age their stuff in, and then we'll get those barrels back and fill that up with our uh, stuff, right? Yeah, because I can't imagine they were a one-time use thing. They must be extremely valuable having been uh, kissed with Stranahan's yeah, for two they, years. Yeah, they, they can be really good, and then we actually sometimes get the barrels back, put our whiskey back into those barrels, Ooh. and then we do an event every year called Cast Thief that's actually coming up uh, May 20th. May 20th, Tickets just Cask, sale. Thief? Cask Thief, Cask where we put thief. out six uh, barrels that have been finished in wine, or we had a honey-finished barrel. It held honey for a little while, then we put our whiskey back in there. That one was wild. Uh, maybe it had gin. Just All right, everybody. Cognac, all kinds <laughs> of stuff. Don't walk, run. Uh, May 20th uh, for the Cask Thief. Sounds amazing. It's really fun and a good time to try some really rare whiskeys, too. Well, we are out of time, my friend. I told you it would go quick, and it did go quick because I have so many more questions. We thank you for for coming in and talking about Stranahan's. Everybody, if you have not been there, it is listed as one of the top things from TripAdvisor to do in Denver. So go, go to Stranahan's. You will not be disappointed. Buddy, thanks for coming and chatting with My us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. It's that time, everybody. Ten-second tips with the marvelous Chef Mark. Thank you. And, you know, uh, I'm going to have to keep it into the theme. So that's all I'll tell you is going to fit today's show. Okay, My I love question. it. I love it. Mr. Kistner, over or under? I want to go under with this one. He could go under with this one. It's I, not a hard question. If it's surrounding with whiskey, I think... It's mostly because I had just done this process okay. pretty recently that I'm going to ask him about. And so, yeah, I think he can do... Again, I always say it's going to be dependent on how much detail he'll go into. Okay. All right. Chef, today's question. Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> When using liquor in a deglazing process, okay. how long should you be cooking that to actually deglaze the alcohol out of it? Go. Um, so you typically reduce by half. Um, and the alcohol burns off at a really low temperature, around 120 degrees. So it doesn't take much heat. Once you bring it up to a simmer, it's ready to go. 9.9. Wow. wow. That and was good. 
detailed. And it was pretty detailed. And detailed. That might uh, be my best one yet. Yes, I agree, bro. That was good. Oh, thank that was you. good. Thank you. I recently did my first uh, wine reduction for a um, um, tender wine. Ooh, Beef tender wine. Yes. Did you use red or white wine? Uh, red. Okay. Caps nice. half. Yeah. Um, and half, reduced half. Yeah. Although, you know, it... it, it for, I, I followed a recipe, highly mm-hmm. recommended recipe, and and I thought it was good, but sh- it, it seemed like sort of the um, the stock, yes. right, the beef stock, mm-hmm. seemed to separate from the main part of the um, the reduction. Okay, it, so it almost looked like a film. Uh, is that normal? De- you didn't degrease the pan, so that would be uh, what you're telling me is that you had too much fat in the pan. Before but how you- did I? How, how would you? There was no. I did, there was no fat in the process. Um, it, there must have been. I. That's the only thing I can think. But huh. what I would like to talk about when you're building a sauce, and I'm glad you mentioned yeah. this. Let's say you, you're doing uh, whiskey and wine and beef stock and cream. I okay, don't know, something crazy. Sure. So you add your wine and you reduce that by half. Then you add your whiskey and reduce that by half. Then you add your cream and reduce so you're it by always half. reducing it yes. in half no matter but, what but you're putting that's in. different than adding all the ingredients at once and reducing them all down at what once. what would you normally do would you do it separate yes or at once? you want to do them all separately so that you're building flavor got it if you add it all at once it doesn't have any layers of flavor or sophistication now i will tell you on the beef and i think that's the key. Okay. Right? I was tasting it by the spoon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On the beef, it tasted really quite nice. Good. However, separately, not as much flavor as I was smelling coming out of the pan. Sure. Yeah. And maybe just reduce it a little bit. A little, little bit, bit more, more. I thought and I could reduce it. And add yeah. lots of whole butter off the heat. Uh, Stir that see, in. Yeah. And that will help emulsify any of the fat left over back into the sauce. Got it. Well, there's the best tip for you. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the show today. I want to thank uh, Stranahan's for... Uh, Having uh, Jason come on in and tell us all about uh, whiskey making. What an amazing guest. And what an amazing company. So be sure to get out to Stranahan's. Join us next Saturday, 8 a.m., This Dream House. Have a good day, everybody.